Hello everybody and welcome to Unaired, the show where we take TV shows canceled with episodes left unaired, review them, and then pitch our ideas for how we think they could have continued. I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. Andy, it's been a while since we've uh, done an episode together. I think the last time we recorded together was in October. Yeah, it was uh, right around a spooky special holiday for me and the family. Um, and I think I done got my socks spooked off, so I had to leave. Eric Idle was a little too much. Yeah, he has that effect on people. Yeah, I got, got my socks done real good scoofed. So, Andy, um, before we get into this uh, TV show that we watched, you're, you, uh, you've uh, studied memes. You've researched internet culture in the past. Mm-hmm. So I assume you will know what I mean when I say the phrase Sonic Mpreg. Oh, I am a huge fan of Sonic Mpreg. Okay, so you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, well, I was at a party the other day, and let me tell you, nobody knew what it was, and boy, did I sound like a pervert. I mentioned the phrase Sonic Mpreg. <laughs> I had an out, too, because somebody said, did you say Mpeg? I could have cut my losses right there and said, yeah, I said Mpeg. No, I went into detail and explained this whole thing. I mean, honestly... If somebody doesn't actually know what it is, I feel like you kind of have to get into detail. Some graphic, very uh, disturbing detail. Yeah, so uh, needless to say, I will probably not be invited back over there. Um, but yeah, I figured that was a detail that you might uh, you might appreciate. Y- yeah, as somebody who... Uh, I somehow unabashedly bring things like that up and... I don't know. I feel like I, I gain more friends from it. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, uh, Mpreg is a weird, um, well, it, I think it's weird. There are people that are into it, but it's weird. Uh, it's basically male cartoon characters being drawn as pregnant. And nine out of ten times, it's Sonic. I am an absolute fan of the ones mixing Sonic and Shrek. I've seen so many great ones. Um, I've seen ones where uh, Sonic is the dad. Shrek is uh, the carrier of the child. Now, uh, what this show that we covered happens to be, I would say it's probably if Sonic had a baby with Jason Bateman. Because this show we covered was called The Jake Effect. Um, It was created for NBC in 2002, canceled before it even aired an episode. Uh, Then, four years later in 2006, Bravo dusted on up those VHS tapes and aired six of the seven episodes. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Just the fact that this show remained unaired for four years after being produced, and then Bravo has the audacity to not air that last episode. (laughs) Um, Not only that, but, you know, that's a bold foray onto the market, premiering on Bravo. Yeah, (laughs) but I will admit that Bravo back then was very different than Bravo today. Like, Bravo is all about uh, Andy Cohen shows now, and, like, um, very trashy but awesome reality but back then, yeah, it was it was like, it was still trying to find itself. And uh, I don't think the Jake effect um, added very much to uh, its legacy. I'm sorry. I, j- I just wasn't impressed with this show. <laughs> so uh, you chose this show, I think, solely to make the joke Bateman Returns. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love tweeting that I'm Bateman. Um, yeah. He, he named Bateman, not, not man. Um, and he returned, he returned in this one and, uh, Bateman forever. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Our first episode ever featured a TV show with Jason Bateman. <laughs> this episode, I think we need to, re uh, dub it Bateman returns because of that. There's at least two other TV shows that I've found that feature Jason Bateman that were canceled almost immediately. I think the guy just really couldn't catch a break until Arrested Development. Like, Yeah, so uh, seeing as there are several Batman movies, I think every time we cover a Jason Bateman show, it will be in parody format of a Batman film. <laughs> I... You know, it, it kind of stinks, though, because you can only do it with five of them. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, he's kind of past that, like, threshold. Is it five? Wait, it's Tim Burton, and then the second one Tim Burton did. Did Schumacher do three? Schumacher did two. Okay, so, yeah, you can only do that with four <clears throat> of them. Oh, no, you can you can do it with... Well, this, <laughs> the special episode will be Bateman triumphant about... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you can you can do it with five because you can do Bateman Begins. That's true. So um, this show starred, obviously, Jason Bateman. Um, Greg Grunberg. My fave. Yep. Saving grace of the show. Yep. Uh, what was he? Wexler or Wexley from The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Cop from, from Hero Man. That's true. He was cop from Hero Man. He's a good one. He's a good cop. Yeah. NBC took him back and put him on Heroes. Uh, also had Leslie Grossman and Kyle Gass. Oh, my God. The, you know, um, this show just, like, reeks of, like, pilot season. Like, all these actors just getting together on a project that they're not certain is going to go on. And I can just imagine this moment in Kyle Gass's career where he's like, Am I going to do this? Am I just going to play this, like, bit character <laughs> who's mostly funny because I'm bald and big? And he just went full on into it. And I think if I was going to play a character in a, in a show like this, I'd want to be him because he's clearly having the most fun. I think that's because they literally probably said, hey, Kyle Gass, just do your thing. That's all the script probably <laughs> said was Kyle Gass, do your thing. I, I honestly think they also were like, Kyle, just <clears throat> just show up in whatever you have in your closet. Just be yourself, okay? Because this man's outfits <laughs> are incredible. <laughs> He's rocking like a Margaritaville, like uh, Tommy Bahama, like just in the library while he checks his stocks. And like <laughs> that in and of itself um, deserves an Emmy. 100%. 100%. So um, this show, it has a very weird format. It has a narration by uh, Jason Bateman's character's best friend. So Jake's best friend is Nick, and Nick narrates the show. Played by um, our buddy Greg. Yep, Greggy uh, plays Nick. Um, so the intro to the show explains the story. <laughs> <laughs> Jake was a lawyer. 
they're, they're very quick. They're very quick about this. This, this is like a whole... This story they give... Uh, I bet the pilot they pitched was an hour long. And they were like, shit, we have to get rid of the, the first 30 minutes. They just condensed it into this. Yeah, it, it shows about maybe three to four minutes of Jake's previous life. And then fast forwards into what he does now. So the premise of the show is that Jake was a big shot lawyer, hated the job, and quit so he could become a history teacher. How we find this out is the first shot of the show is him being hung upside down by his legs of a window of a high school <laughs> by two students. I forgot about this because this is not the image we get of this man later on. Yeah, I don't know how Bateman was thwarted by these two teens. Bateman is bigger than two teens. He big guy. He big guy. He's a big one. You gotta be careful for him. So the show starts off with kind of a flashback of four months ago of Jake winning a big case. Then he goes into Nick's office saying like, oh man, what was the point of that? My our client won, but like now he gets to dump chemicals in the ocean. And Nick goes, Well, where else are they gonna dump them? Kind of a real quick clue of kind of how douchey Nick's Nick is. It just immediate. <laughs> he's ridiculous. Like he goes on a he's just like an animal. Like you just release the Greg onto the onto the camera. He's gonna go hog wild. You know who you reminded me of is John Favreau as Happy Hogan. Um, yeah, Happy Hogan was like really happy, wink, wink, <laughs> like horny Hogan. Horny Hogan. Okay, so he is from henceforth, uh, Greg Grunberg. On your tombstone, it shall read, Horny Hogan. <laughs> and if it doesn't, guess who's gonna be there with the chisel, digging you the fuck up? Because we're yeah. we're taking you out. <laughs> And then we're going to put you right back in after we chisel in the words Horny Hogan. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is ridiculous because uh, so so uh, rarely do you see a sitcom narrate its way into the introduction of the show and then plays through the introduction anyway. Like, we, we already saw this. <laughs> That's true. The, the intro narrated the whole story of it, and then we get the flashback. Yeah. It's it just feels unnecessary because you already know where this is going and uh, yeah it's just it's not great. So uh, we're introduced to Bankhead, who is a douche. Also, the name Bankhead. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a writer was struggling for the name of a character. Looked outside his window, saw a bank. Looked to the other side and saw someone's head. He saw Herman's head, and was just like, "Ooh, I got an idea." I like the idea of Bank Bankhead as a uh, like uh, zany like '40s cartoon character, like like Bankhead. Oh yeah, 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 Bankhead. Like you imagine, Mister Wilson is going to be shaking his fist at Bankhead. Yeah, he's like Jughead. Oh, he could be Jughead's brother. Yeah, did I mention this show takes place in the Riverdale verse? It's in the Archie verse. Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> so Jake basically says like I don't want to turn into this man so I'm going to quit 
And as he has his box with all of his belongings, he's about to get on an elevator, and Bankhead is just being a douche to him. So Jake gets on the elevator, goes, oh, nice tie, grabs it, you got my tie, hey buddy, you got my tie, as it closes down. Jake could have killed a man. He could have. He could have killed Bankhead. Bankhead's just a really fun guy. He's just trying to have a good time, go to work, clock in, clock out, you know, it's, he, you know, there's some shady stuff, but it comes with the job. You know, I've seen Final Destination 2. This doesn't end well. Elevators and heads being stuck <laughs> near them. Especially for Bankhead. His head's so heavy. He's got everyone's money in it. The man's name is Head. And Bank. And Bank. What do you think's in there? Knowledge. It's the International Monetary Fund. <laughs> so, Jake signs up for a program where professionals from other fields can learn to become teachers, which I don't know that that exists. I don't think it does. It seems like something entirely made up for this TV show. Also, there's a comment here about the school that Jake chooses. Uh, I think he chooses like Lincoln High School. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not really sure where they are. Are they in New York? I don't know. They don't actually explain it. Oh, no. Um, who Cincinnati? Who's the White Sox? Oh, right, right, right. Uh, is that Chicago? Chicago? And no, Chicago is Cubs. Yeah, but it's also the White Sox. They have two teams? Yeah, they do. And both aren't good? Hey. <laughs> Remember Sammy Sosa? I just want you I just want you to think about that when you go to bed tonight, what you said. And and you think of Sammy Sosa's kid just living his life. And you just cursed him. Well, okay. To be fair, I always think think of Sammy Sosa before going to bed. So, I say a little prayer for him every night, honestly. Anyway, um, yeah, there's a comment about how uh, Jake chooses like a, an inner city school, and I can honestly think of nothing worse than to put an untrained professional in the middle of an uh, inner city school. Well, that was the joke because it shows the school that he originally chose and then a bunch of hoodlums uh, chase the camera down and then it goes, so then he chose this high school, Lincoln High School, and he, then it's like, oh, this place is all cool, but there are still <laughs> teenagers and then a bunch of hoodlums chase the camera down. <laughs> yeah, it's like the same joke twice. Yeah. So this is where he meets Nikki is at orientation and... Uh, wait, wait, can I... There was one scene here that I think is very important as a framing device. Uh, is, is it the uh, sister scene? Yeah. Uh, so all of this obviously is framed by Nick's narration. And uh, uh, Nick, it, we find out, is actually Jake's roommate. And there's a point uh, where he's talking about how like Jake is starting his job and blah, blah, blah. And that was the day that Jake forgot to buy milk. And Nick reaches in, pulls out an empty milk bottle, and puts that shit right back in the fridge. I can think of nothing more aggravating than someone who does this. You would think a lawyer would know that such a heinous crime is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, hey, you know, you see it, you gotta get rid of it. That's how recycling works, okay? Whether you gotta eat it, you gotta shove it in yourself. You just gotta get that shit away, okay? 
So he just puts it back in the fridge. And I kind of think unpromptedly is just saying, I want to fuck your sister. I want to fuck your sister. So Jake is mentioning that uh, his sister could potentially get them tickets to see the White Sox. Oh, right, right. And every like sentence that Jake says, Nick promptedly goes, I want to have sex with your sister. (laughs) And Jake's retort is, listen, I'm all for you losing your virginity, just not to my sister. Yeah, that's the kind of writing you'd only get from snappy white men working out of L.A. (laughs) I want you to know that this was aired in a block called Brilliant But Cancelled on Bravo. Someone at Bravo thought this show was brilliant. (laughs) No, I'm I'm well aware. I I, I read about it before I was watching and uh, I was like, what what did somebody find so uh, remarkable about this show? I mean, from a, like a visual standpoint, it looks nice, but that's about it. Yeah, it's it's shot like um, kind of like Thirty Rock, but weirder, like more grounded somehow. <laughs> um, but also like, I think they probably enjoyed the witty dialogue, which like is only witty if you're like, I don't know, brain dead. <laughs> Like, you can tell it's so forced. Every character reads, like, uh, just the same character talking to themselves. Yeah. Except for Kyle Gass. Except for Kyle Gass. So, uh, he mentions about uh, Liza, who I previously called Nikki by accident. That is the actress's name. Um, Her name is Liza. And she wore a White Sox cap with a ponytail. And this is how the conversation went between Nick and Jake. While Jake was telling her about, while Jake was telling him about her. So tell me about the ponytail again. Ponytail laced to the back of a White Sox cap. Oh, that gets me going. Yeah, imagine how that affects me, a man with working genitalia. (laughs) When you read it, Ed. Yeah. I think I just want you to read it. All right. So um, this is my audio book. (laughs) <laughs> it's a seven-part series where I just read the scripts to the Jake effect. You could honestly market it as, like, the unreleased seventh episode, a fan reading. There we go. Well, that would require me to be a fan. <laughs> I mean, I thought. <laughs> I, okay. Well, sure. you know what? You know what, Andy? That was your problem. You thought. Maybe I think too much. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, but he's, like, horny. He's really horny. And you know who else is horny? Kimmy the secretary. Now, we we meet her in a second because Jake is talking to a student. A student's on the computer, and he loses three weeks of work because they using old computers. They're using, like, Apple IIs, and this was in 2002. So he storms on into the principal's office. Sorry, vice principal's office. And... Kimmy is the secretary who's supposed to uh, stop him, but she's on the phone. And her conversation goes like this. You ready for my audiobook reading? Ooh, yeah. He said he's Dutch, but I was like, I can read, man, and your passport says Netherlands. <laughs> oh, it is? Well, anyway, we did it in the back alley and paid a bum to watch. <laughs> and scene. I don't. If there's one character who fascinates me in this pilot, it's her. Yeah. I I absolutely don't understand 
this person at all. And that was played by Leslie Grossman. <laughs> what an unfortunate last name. What about it? Grossman? Hi. The, yeah? Yeah. Uh, you, you don't see the problem with that? Oh, that's her last name? Yeah. I thought you were pointing to the man in the room. Oh, no. He's he's very cleanly. That would be offensive to call him gross. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could see the problem there. Yeah. Hey, hey, Andy, could I talk to you over here for a second? Uh, sure. Don't you ever fucking talk to that man <laughs> about his hygiene. I didn't even notice him until hey, I hey, felt his hey, cold breath. Hey, that's his job. I pay him to do that. He's the bum from the alley, and he is a very clean bum. With a clean bum, because I wiped him. You're really doing a lot of work to fight the stereotype, Ed. Of course. All right, hold on. He, oh, he's coming over here. Let, let's, oh, let's, yeah, let's, we gotta get out of yeah, here. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. So, um... When he's talking to the vice principal, who is, I forget the actress's name, Patricia something, but she is in everything. Um, I know who you're talking about. Unfortunately, uh, I can only describe her as a Roz uh, from Monsters, Inc. looking person. She very much seems like that. She plays um, uh, Judge Heisendike on the first season of Trial and Error. Oh. And you know the fun little bit about that is her name is spelled Horstick, but is pronounced Heisendike, and that was the joke in that show. Oh, you know, uh, people, can I talk to you? I'm gonna get that kind of trivia when you come to unaired. Um, if you go anywhere else, I'll find you. Hey, Andy, what are you doing over there? Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Let's get back to the show. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, because he was shut down about getting new computers, and the way that he was shut down was, Lord Kelvin, what? He discovered absolute zero, and those are your chances of getting new computers. Because she's sassy. Yeah, that's a complicated joke. I love it. Yeah. The best jokes are the ones you have to explain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because if, if you don't tell us what the joke's about, we're not going to laugh. Yeah. So he goes to an old client, and he kind of coerces him into donating computers to the school. And this kid is like super excited about getting these new computers because he goes, hey, mister, I'm almost through the porno firewall. <laughs> See, that was my first thought when the kid uh, said he lost his paper. I was like, oh, the joke here is going to be that the computer comes back on and uh, he's looking at porn. Well, yeah, but that was an Apple II. You couldn't really do much on those except for take a parentheses, put a dot in there, put a close parentheses, and do the same thing. Uh, what do you got? You, you got two boobies. Oh, yeah. Mm. Andy, did I just, did I just uh, awaken something in you? You woke the Greg in me. I woke Greg the Greg. Grumberg. <laughs> So, after this, uh, Mr. Seisner, who is Kyle Gass, is introduced to us because he barges, barges into uh, Jake's classroom to be like, well, I need to, to use... be fair, he, he also Titus Burgess this. I'm sorry, he does what? He Titus uh, 
Bur- Burgesses? Why did he tighten the Burgess? Because he was hungry. <laughs> so he storms into Jake's classroom to be like, I need to use these computers. I have to check my stocks. Which, <laughs> when are you in such desperate need to check your stocks? Hey, man, it was 2002. You know, stocks were big. This is post.com bubble burst. So maybe he was just like, did pets.com finally go under? (laughs) Honestly, I mean, uh, I think about the same thing every day. (laughs) So while he is on the computer, he finds out that the company, they're now being investigated by the FBI and all these computers are getting repoed. Can I just say, for some reason, all the computers have built-in stock systems that show that company's uh, stock at that current time. Well, Andy, it's this thing called the internet. Uh, I'm not a fan. (laughs) So, while Jake is trying to figure out how to fix this thing because a repo man shows up to take these computers back, I want to point out the one thing that made me laugh was that this repo company was called Repo Madness. Can I ask you why you find that funny? Because it's a pun, like Reefer Madness. Oh. You just made this podcast a crime podcast. Oh, no. We're going to jail, dude. Again? Again. Oh, no. No. <laughs> I can't go back, Andy. <laughs> If I'm going uh, down, I'm taking you with me. Um, what what was the name of the Repo Man? Uh, Stavros. Stavros. I love him. He is the best. Um, so to keep the computers, Jake has to pay this man essentially an exorbitant amount of money. It's never specified how much, but uh. He's going from bank to bank trying to get this money. They're all closed. And while this is happening, Kimmy shows up. I'm sorry. Hold on. I done goofed. I missed a very, very important scene. Kimmy shows up to stop him from leaving the classroom while these computers are getting repossessed. Why is he being stopped? Because he threw his cell phone in anger and it done whipped the uh, forehead. Of this vice principal. (laughs) And she went down faster than a girl on prom night. Whoa. I'm kidding. I went to prom alone. So. Were you the girl on prom night? Yes. My hand was the girl on prom night. And you went. You just went to bed. (laughs) I I went to bed. You went down easy. Yep. (laughs) Much like a girl on prom night. Again, your yourself. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> just just to clarify. So he tricks her into a closet and locks the door, so he can leave and go bank to bank to get this money. And while this is all happening, uh, Liza is at the bar with Nick, and Nick is like trying to not flirt with her, and she goes, "Hey, you want to see this trick I can do?" She takes a cherry stem. Puts it in her mouth. And I think you know where this is going. <laughs> oh, yeah. she's She she's, swallows it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She swallows it. 
And he goes, oh, well, did you tie it in a knot first? She goes, maybe. <laughs> and Nick is trying not to flirt with her at this point because he realizes, damn, girl, you funny. Honestly, yeah. Uh, like, all I want in my life is um, is is a god dang cherry stem to go right in, in me. Right in that gob. So Jake shows up to the bar and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I'm late. And he explains to Nick that he had to sell his car to pay for the computers. But he doesn't want Liza to know that because it might just make him seem like he's like trying to get into her pants, which he is. But that's a whole different story. I honestly can't believe that selling his car could have could pay for all those computers. Right. Yeah. Like. It was a used car. Yeah, and it's 2002. Like, weren't computers, like, fairly expensive at that point? Yeah, they were. I mean, we say that as if they're not expensive now. Yeah, the $2 computer. <laughs> so, uh, then Liza walks over and goes, hey, what's happening? And Nick goes, oh, he sold his computers, to, or sold his car to pay for the computers. And he's like, yeah, I did, I guess. Ha ha. And as payback, he pulls out these uh, tickets to the White Sox game that his sister got him. He's got three of them. And he goes, oh, yeah, I'm taking uh, Liza and Stavros. And Nick's like, what? Turns out he invited Bankhead to go with Nick. I love it. As It's the ultimate payback. I love that Bankhead is going to be a recurring character here. I don't, I don't know if Bankhead makes it beyond the pilot, but I really hope so. Yeah. So um, then they go to the, the White Sox game. I keep wanting to say Cubs. Um, and he goes, oh, hey, Liza, you hungry? She goes, hey, a little. He pulls out hot dogs from his shirt. It's so gross. Yep. He goes, I wanted to keep them as souvenirs just in case the, the, the um, White Sox lost. But they won, so... Run. He, Run, he, woman. <laughs> this man is scary. He's a hot dog burglar. Seriously. And he, she goes, oh, I don't want to eat that. And he goes, eh, eat it. No, that's gross. Eh, eat it. And then she does. <laughs> that's so uncomfortable. Like It 100% was. And then Bankhead stumbles over, and he's drunk. He goes, ooh, you're pretty. He looks over to see Nick. Nick waves at him and then books it. So now Bankhead is their problem. And that's basically how this episode ends. Is that not a wimpy move? You know, like wimpy from Popeye? It might be, yeah. Just imagine Bankhead replaced with wimpy. Instead of hamburgers, he eats hot dogs. I thought you were going to say Hot Pockets, and I was going to add a whole layer to the show that I'm not ready to get into. Yeah, no, Hot Pockets, I don't think they existed in 2002. That's a bold claim. I'm not going to back that one up, but um I... they didn't they weren't invented until 2011, Andy. And you know how? How? My dad made the first hot pocket. I hate your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a quick little break and we will be right back. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles, and I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> 
And that's my best friend, Richie the WizKid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi ho there, podcast arenas. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every dope. So lace up your assassin sneakers, put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid, sexy, best darn diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So Andy, had this show made it past those seven episodes, what kind of episodes do you think we would have seen? Okay, well, I first off, I want to pitch uh, my favorite, my darling episode, my critical darling. Um, it's a one-shot of Bankhead um, living his very miserable life. And it's about how Jake is teaching the class to write an assignment about someone special to them. And he can't write it about Nick because Nick won't talk to him seriously. And Nikki won't talk to him seriously uh, either. Or what's her name? Lexi? Liza. Liza. Yeah. Uh, she, she won't take him seriously either. And so he just has this like moment where he recognizes the pain that Bankhead is going through. And they connect. And it may or may not be romantic. All right. So hold on. So you're saying Jake has to write an essay <laughs> for the class that he teaches. <laughs> no, 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 no. So he's having the students do it. And it's like a it's it's like setting the theme of the episode. It's about like, you know, recognizing everyone's inner beauty, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, okay. So he's he's not writing anything, but he's thinking about it and he has like his students are having trouble like finding someone. Uh, and so he's trying to do it too. Okay. So I like that idea. And that actually leads to this new segment. It's a new year, new segment, uh, spinning off. Let's make a bankhead spinoff. Better yet. Let's make a Banksy spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, bankhead is Banksy. <laughs> Do you think maybe we get an episode where, like, Bankhead, he's down on his luck. His firm closed. So he goes, you know what? I'm going to teach law. Oh, my God. Now he's teaching law as a college professor. And we get the occasional, like, show up from uh, Jake. And he's kind of, like, supposed to mentor him and guide him through this wacky world of teaching. But I think Bankhead's show should be a drama. Yeah, 100%. It's like, it, it's kind of messed up. Like, if, if if he went into Wimpy in Popeye, that man's life is so sad. <laughs> All, he has no money. He subsists on a diet of hamburgers. Okay, hold on. I've solved this problem. All right. So Bankhead, throughout the, I don't know, maybe second season of this show, He's going to meet Kimmy. They're going to hit it off. They're going to move to Wisconsin. Wow. Uh, honestly, that makes a lot of sense. And I feel like you actually predicted an episode that happens. Like, I feel like he needs to meet Kimmy at some point. Exactly. Like I said, we're spinning off. We're throwing him and Kimmy to Wisconsin. And Matt LeBlanc. And Matt LeBlanc. I mean... 
This is post-Friends, I believe. Is it? No, this is during Friends. Yeah. Well, we could have a crossover episode. Because these both aired on NBC. Let me rephrase that. They were One was supposed to air on NBC. <laughs> so, like, maybe... Oh, okay, I got it, I got it. Kimmy decides to become a talent agent. Oh. And marries Phoebe. And marries Phoebe, yes. No, she marries Bankhead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she, being a kind of a ditzy character... She goes, oh, we got to move to New York, but it's not New York City. It's New York, Wisconsin. Oh, heck yes. And that's where this whole like mix up shows up. And she's just got to deal with some weird, wacky clients. Starts off with like birthday party clowns, but she's determined she's going to make it. And then like the series finale for that show would be she like kind of backs this local talk show. Who's the host of that talk show? Oprah Winfrey. Oh, this is in the Oprahverse. This is in the Oprahverse. So she basically, she helps create this national syndicated phenomenon (laughs) that would require this (laughs) this TV show to go back in time to the 80s. I'm I'm sorry, but (laughs) I just realized we're living in the Oprahverse. Oh my God. There's probably somebody in another world just thinking, like, God, if I could only live in the Oprahverse. Well, it's like that scene in Men in Black where they open up the locker and there's those little aliens praising that uh, Timex watch. Oh, and one of them was Oprah. One of them was Oprah. I see, I see. So let's get back to the Jake effect. What kind of episodes do you think we would have seen of the Jake effect other than the uh, Bankhead episode? That leads I, into my Bankhead spinoff. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that it went off the rails. You know, once you get, you know what? That's not a Bankhead spinoff. That's a Kimmy Kimmy spinoff featuring Bankhead. Thank you. Finally, finally, someone's speaking up for for the strongest female lead we have. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think another episode would revolve around. Actually, can I pitch the season finale or uh, as it would be the series finale? Well, I mean, we got we have two seasons of this show in my canon. Ah, okay. Uh, So season one would end. um, We get very like this is Uzzy. And like it turns out that Nick was actually telling us all of this uh, after Jake had died. Oh. And so he's like. He's like talking about the impact that Jake had on the school and like all these people. And he goes, and that, that's the Jake effect. And then they didn't think, okay, so they didn't think they were going to be renewed for season two. So that's why they ended season one that way. (laughs) And then season two, they're scrambling to find a way to continue the story. Exactly. (laughs) So Nick finds like a journal and it's like, the Jake effect, the lost stories. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it'd be like saved by the bell, the college years, like where you don't know kind of what happened. It's just like off the rails. Honestly, uh, I-, I like to imagine it's more like a uh, Sebastian finding the never ending story. Like, you know, it just gets sucked in. What if it's like the last season of Roseanne? 
um the real last season not the one where she was racist um but the uh, where it turns out at the very end that like dan was dead the whole time what if season two he's writing a book saying like oh these are the untold stories turns out he's just writing a book about what he thinks could have happened about roseanne about roseanne if jake had survived (laughs) so like maybe like it gets like wild like how roseanne got wild waves like oh they won the lottery ha ha like in this one it's oh no the sat scores are down so they're pulling state funding so jake decides he's gonna host a car wash but i don't know kyle gash shows up and he goes i thought it was a bikini car wash and he's got like his shirt like pulled up and he's like rubbing his man tits up on the windshields this this is so accurate I'm like angry how <laughs> how much of an episode that is. That has to be one. Yeah, I mean, a lot of schools like sports teams have car washes to raise money. So, I mean, and also just the idea of Kyle Gass showing you know his hot bod for us. I mean, it's the it's the one thing he's got here in terms of like physical comedy. So like, it's true. He's got to show it off, you know. I think maybe the way we get there is that to impress Liza, because she's a baseball fan, he goes, you know what? I'm going to coach the baseball team. The assistant coach is Seisner, a.k.a. Kyle Gass. It's perfect. Then we we get like a Bad News Bears style episode. I can't even tell you how much this is perfect. It It's 100%. It's pitch perfect. It's almost like you worked on the show. Well, I did. Oh, which I was quite offended when you asked if we could cover the show. Well, I also uh, made the point that I, um, I thought you loved the show and you told me you didn't. You know what, Andy? This is my fiction, my reality. And because my husband, Dan, died of a heart attack, <laughs> I wrote this story where I won the lottery and I wrote the Jake effect. <laughs> so maybe... Keep your opinions to yourself. So what you're saying is we both need to work uh, in the writer's room for uh, the the Ro- the new Roseanne show. Yes, for the new adventures of old Roseanne. Uh, the the bad adventures of the Connors. Exactly. So do you have any other ideas? Um, You know, I just, I don't know where you go with the show. Uh, I have to be honest. Um, about a third of the show, if not more. Of at least of this pilot episode was just that apartment scene of Nick talking to Jake, and it felt like it went nowhere. Honestly, this show it it did feel like it, the whole show felt like it went nowhere because every conflict was resolved by the end of the pilot episode. There was no conflict. Yeah, it was. That's why I think this was pitched as a one-hour comedy, and I think they got cut down to thirty minutes. Um, because like everything is just so weirdly condensed right like i don't i feel like there's so much left on the cutting room floor we we don't even know bankhead's origin now do you think this could be a situation like the nut house where we thought the show was over but it turns out there was like another part of the episode that we just didn't see no because i mean the only thing i could think is if it expanded further but i i don't no. Okay. I think we saw the, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're probably right. Um, so I think that's going to do that for this episode. 
this has been the Joe Rogan experience. Yes. Um, thank you, Elon Musk, for smoking that dank herb. <laughs> and, and then he, he said he, he's never smoked before. That was the first time. Exactly. Um, if you want to follow our social media, I, I don't think I've brought it up the past couple of episodes, but uh, it's at Unaired Podcast on pretty much everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, this guy, yeah. huh? He's always bringing this, this crap up. You know what, Andy? I'm going to write you out of my fictional life story. I remove myself from the narrative. <laughs> You're going to be Winklevost. You're going to be cut out from the beginning. I mean, hey, Army Hammer, it's so bad. Am I right? <laughs> Hammer, I barely know her. And this has been the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, thanks for listening. I'm Ed. And I'm Andy. And just remember, some things are better left unaired. Bye. Skin suits, this is Angel and Ember. Deep down, do you have a secret passion for true crime, sarcasm, inappropriate jokes, but you still want to hear all those lovely details? However, you still need a little bit of humor to get you through those dark moments? Then come hang out with us over at the Color Me Dead podcast. We try to balance both humor and facts perfectly. We also go on some pretty extraordinary squirrel hunts. <laughs> we can be found on iTunes and all other podcast apps. Come over to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and see us at Color Me Dead Podcast for the latest updates and gory chat. We release on Wednesdays because on Wednesdays we wear murder. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets and stay out of chalk lines. <laughs>